Some things we eat lunch at one o'clock. Some things we eat lunch at two o'clock. And some things we eat lunch at seven o'clock. The lunch club. Hello and welcome to the Derby Lunch Club. I am your host, Christopher Gallagher, and I am joined by our good friend, Alan Edgar. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this. It's always, it's always nice to record in a pub. Always nice. Yes, we are in the Admiral. You have a pint of Hell's... What's it again? Lager, I believe they call it. It's, but what's it called? Hell's Bells? Or? It's Camden Hell's. Cam- I, I, you know, I'm making a joke because I actually had four of them yesterday. Ooh. So, so there you are. I've got a pint of Guinness myself. We are in the Admiral uh, in the centre of Glasgow. Um, Kieran Devlin sends his apologies uh, due to the adverse weather. He's unable, unable to get through to um, from Edinburgh. So we, uh, that's fine. That's fine, Al. I mean, I walked it because my train was cancelled. So, I mean, you literally live on the edge of town. Yeah, it's about effort. We'll, uh, we'll speak to Kieran separately. Yeah, aye, we'll have we'll have a word. Um, I was, um, I, I got. A, I had to get a taxi from Campus Lang. Usually I get the train. Oof, can I hide money? Can I hide money? The taxi driver, I've never seen a route. Instead of going from my house to the motorway to town, he went all the way through Rutherglen, all the way through Dalmarnock, all the way through the East End. Might I ask a question? Yes. Are you wearing a Celtic badge or any Celtic well, do you know related the, insignia? The funny thing is, I legitimately started looking for, have I got colours or anything uh, on? But I didn't. Usually. Maybe I just wanted to spend time with you. Nah, it couldn't have been that, actually. It wouldn't have yeah. been that. Well, thank you very much, Alan. I really appreciate that. Um, we're going to cover the derby. We're going to talk about uh, our feelings going into it. Um, but there is some news. Uh, breaking news. Celtic have signed Japanese star Tomoki Awata. Um, Celtic released a statement saying they're happy to announce he's signed. He's the Japanese player of the year. He's an international. He is signing for Yokohama F. Marinos. Um, 25 years old. Plays in lots of different positions. What position will he play, you think? I, th- I think we're in the same position we were in the summer, really, and that we're hoping that there can be someone that can come in and give us real competition in the number six position. Um, I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about that. Then um, Abogar came in. We hoped that he would resolve <laughs> it. Aaron Moy, when he came in, we thought maybe he would play in there, but that's not panned out as well. So... Let's, let's have another stab at it and hopefully this is the number six. We've been unsuccessful recruiting in that area. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is A, because Cal McGregor is very, very good, but he is a flexible player and he does need to be rested and rotated. So I would think defensive midfield and um, it's really exciting and I think we've all learned a wee bit from the signing. I think particularly of Hitati that the development of the Japanese players is a little bit different to development of European players. So yeah. signing a Japanese player at 25 is a little bit different to you know signing someone from Europe or elsewhere at 25, just because of the specific dynamics of how they develop and you know how the the game is, you know the the youth ranks work over there. So I, I'm excited by it. It's, it's been a really the window's not even open yet, and it's very very positive. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day about how you know there are when you find a market that's kind of. I wouldn't say the Japanese market's untapped because there's been plenty of really high-end quality players who've went to Germany, who've went to England and stuff, but it's maybe still not... There's still elements that we can exploit, I guess. Um, we keep going to that well. Um, are you okay with that? We keep going to a, a well that has served as well. Why not? But does there come a point where... Like, I'm thinking about the Arsenal team with all the French players. Mm-hmm. We had a, a bunch of young French players yep. as well. 
is that is that okay, or could there be any problems? You think? No, I, I don't really see. I, I don't see any downsides. To be honest, if the players are good enough, if the manager believes they can adjust, you know, I, I think it does help that we've got a manager that understands that league and understands that maybe the transition. You know, we always talk about. You know, we had, as you say, a couple of French players at the time, and it was. You know, we always make a joke. It's nice to have for players to have friends, but. Sometimes it is quite helpful for that adjustment and I think not only having the players here but having a club now that has hopefully and it looks like we have helped, you know, four players settle in in the last, what, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully we can try and improve on that and whatever the, the, the guys need to try and make that adjustment as easy as possible because I think we do, we do forget about it, how much of a drastic change that can be. Um, you know, and very quickly it happens in football. It's not... You think a lot of people, if you were moving to another job across the world, you'd probably have six, nine months notice in football. It can be a week or it Weeks can be a right. month. You know, yeah. it's it's very, very quick. And you know, that, that's a big, big element of it. But no, I, I don't really, I don't really see any downsides if they're good enough. You know, it's, it is, we need to operate in markets that are slightly cheaper and slightly more untapped, certainly than European markets. And um, the J League uh, at this point certainly looks like that. Uh, we had the Dutch contingent at Barcelona, we had a Dutch contingent at AC Milan, we had the German contingent in Interman in the, in the 90s, we had the French players at Arsenal. It's not like a new thing. I just I think it's quite interesting when people... All these teams are successful as well, so I like it. Yeah, I exactly. Like it. I was about to say they were all Champions League winning teams there until he said Arsenal. So just Champions League scratch. Finals? But I don't want to get a final, mate. I want to win it. That's, that's true. That um, but, but it happens all the time. My point is, that there are. I've, I've seen kind of people discussing saying why are we bringing in so many players from you know this league. And as you say, if they're good enough, fucking who cares? Absolutely, and it's clearly a market that's the valuation of the players is significantly different from elsewhere. Um, I mean, you look at the, Do you the think four players we signed. That the value we've had already is incredible. Do you think that affects their? They're selling potential in that they're coming from Japan, they're coming to Scotland. If we buy, if we buy a bring a buy a bring a player in from Germany, mm-hmm. um, or and that this is about people looking down their nose at certain leagues. I completely understand yeah. that, but we've already seen the in inverted commas Juranovic tax mm-hmm. because he plays in Scotland. Do you think that bringing a player in from Japan to potentially sell them on within two to three years, which is the model, do you think the value kind of dips off? Because you look at someone like. Because you mentioned the fact that we're bringing in guys who are a little bit older in regards to age, yeah. but not necessarily older in regards to experience. I, th- I think age is the factor. I think experience, you'll pro- potentially have a shorter window of these players playing at you know European level. You know, Look at Furahashi, the age he's at, one year in the Champions League. Um, if they're successful, it's very different though. I think age is a bigger factor than the league they've came from. It is really about ability, but... I think age would play a much bigger role than the league they're in. Um, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. There is a hierarchy of valuation based on leagues. People say, and rightly say, it's not fair, it's not reasonable. But it, it is, is a fact. It is. Uh, it's, you can complain about it all you like, but there is a... Unless you've got a real generational talent, there is a kind of hierarchy of what you can get for players that play in the J-League, play in Scotland, elsewhere. Jack is a generational talent? Potentially. I think he could be. I, I, I think he's probably one of the most exciting players in our team. Um, I think I think over the last few years, I don't want to say we've been burned. I mean, I felt when Moussa Dembele left Celtic, I thought he is 
he is absolutely going straight to the top. And he's had a really, he's had a great career. He will continue to have a great career. He's still relatively young. But I think that made me a little bit cautious about, we watch Celtic a lot and we, I think sometimes we need to maybe broaden out a little bit. And I think this year the Champions League was maybe a wee reminder of yeah. how hard it must take to get to the absolute top. So I, I pumped the brakes a wee bit on some of my excitement over our players, but it's that way. playing well for Celtic. See, see that's that. See, once they leave, I, I would like them to do well. But by the same token, if their best years in a Celtic jersey, they'd be quite happy. And Hitati, I think his best years are certainly ahead of him. And he's the way he's developed month on month, if that continues for another, say, two years, it'll be really exciting. But I don't want to stick my hat on and say he's a generational talent. Maybe yeah. if, if he scores on Monday, if he gets two goals on Monday, I'll call him a generational talent. How's that? What more incentive could he need? That'll be three goals against them. Sounds good. No, no, four. It's good too. So he did, I. Um, I, I like the, the, you know, as much as I'm saying, like um, you know, the tax in inverted. I keep saying inverted commas. The tax, and you're doing it as well. You're I'm literally doing, doing, well, doing quote marks with your team. hand, eh? Very good. Um, but see, like you know, the tax uh, players coming from the Japanese league and people kind of putting their nose up about the fact they're playing in Scotland. It might actually benefit us because maybe we will get these players to stay a little bit longer than they would. So yeah, absolutely. You know. I think what it will do is is it will flush out teams that have got good scouting. Because they'll look at, I think, the players and, you know, I, I don't think any of the players we've brought in at the moment from Japan are worth, you know, anywhere near Caden Tierney money. Yeah. But there'll be teams that will be looking at it thinking there's, again, value to be had. And the longer they don't look, the better. But I always think Southampton, for example, a team that have always Scum. looked at us. Get to fuck. Always looked Get to at fuck. Us. I just think the dynamism that Hatati plays with, you would look at it and think, do you know what? Another six months there, and then we'll have that. You know, I hope they don't because, but that kind of team, because they need to do what we kind of need to do as well. And that they've got money, but they can't attract the absolute best players, so they need to be creative with it. And you know, they've had good success with that over the years. And I dare say there'll be a few players that they'll get their eye on as well. I'd love Southampton to get relegated just to take them out of that fucking. I'd thing. like them to go under. Jesus, do a Portsmouth. And did Portsmouth go under? Ah, I mean, where are they now? So that's, that's all that matters. That's Wonder. all that matters. Yes, Alan Edgar. Uh, the Portsmouth Times uh, angrily respond. Um, uh, with Japanese market, we've obviously kind of um, been hugely successful. Actually, before we, we go on, um, what does this say about our good friend in midfield? Our good defensive midfielder mid friend from Japan? I do, yeah, I don't think it's looking good. I mean, I don't really think this changes it. I mean, he finds himself behind... Abelgard and James McCarthy in the pecking order generally um, I mean I don't think bringing another in changes anything for him I think he will be on his way out it's just probably trying to find an appropriate move for him Are you, um, are you surprised by how the lack of game time the, the like you know this summer I know he's had injuries I, I understand mm. that and I, I know there's an element of luck to all of this Yeah. but at the same time are you surprised that maybe even when he first came in he maybe didn't get a chance sooner because it, it took him till the the uh, Aloha game. Which I know he got that bad injury yeah. then, but yeah, he's, he's, he's I think he's had two really pretty unfortunate injuries. One was a really terrible tackle, um, and I think I do put a bit of it down to that. That certainly doesn't help. I think ability's got to come into it though. I mean, to find yourself that far behind in the pecking order. I think the position as well. I mean, we're basing it largely on, or certainly I'm basing it on the cameo that he had against. Who was the last home game of the season last year? Was it Hearts? 
Hearts yeah. or whoever it yeah. was at home, and he came on and he played really high up. He played kind of quite advanced. Um, it, it, he looked like he had a big engine on him. Maybe touch wasn't quite. I mean, you're based on 25 minutes. It's very, very unfair. But if the manager sees him every day in training and doesn't think that he deserves kind of minutes, then I think you've probably got to say, especially given the, the players that have had minutes in that area, I think ability has to come into as well. Unfortunate, yes. Unfortunately, injuries, definitely. Ability usually shines through for players. And it's also that one where, and I, I don't mean to kind of knock the guy, his character or any of that, but this is the second big shot of Europe and it, it seems to have kind of petered out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think, it, I mean, he said that when he came in, that it was really important for him. So I dare say it'll be a, it'll be a kind of difficult decision for him to make. But look, you can't go... You can't go 12 months without playing football as a professional football player I've went, you know, at that age. I went 40 years without playing professional football. Well, I don't mean to bring it up again, but you did have that game of football recently that I wasn't invited to. And I, I, it still plays in my mind. still plays in my mind. But it, it was two games. Two games. Fuck me. Uh, you'll be invited to the next one. Don't you this will be the last podcast <laughs> I record. Um, another midfielder, Quan uh, Hugh Q. I, I know I've not heard anyone say it, so I don't want to butcher it, which I do with normal names um, I think we may need to take names. lessons at this point to be honest yeah um, I think it might be give a bit back yeah um, he's a young dynamic North uh, sorry South Korean under 23 international um, again another midfielder uh, 6 foot 3 impressive physique we're led to believe um, he was quoted as saying that Celtic have he's mentioned Celtic He's talked about Celtic and he's mentioned the fact that uh, Celtic have kind of been in the market for him and he's very interested in this opportunity. He's 21, under 23 international, impressive physique. Again, it's a market we've we've had success there with Key Sung Young in the past. Um, ticks all the boxes, but again, another midfielder. Yeah, I mean... We do have a lot of midfielders, though, that we, <laughs> I mean, we, we probably don't want to use. And I don't mean that. That's I don't like being... Especially in the season of goodwill and whatnot, but got a lot of players that you probably would be happy to see move on, and probably would be happy to move on for themselves. So I think it's about improving the aggregate of the team, you know, improving all levels. If that means How many that you're in there, Alan? I think for well, when you're playing three midfielders two games a week, six, you need a minimum of six. But you know, within that, you've got a different dynamic. You've probably got four players that are. I, I mean, at the moment, we've got four players that are vying for starting positions. It's very close between them. We'll probably talk about that shortly. But then after that, I think it's a clear drop-off. I think what you want to do is improve that aggregate slightly, potentially do some good business. You know, you know, we've talked about David Turnbull, a player that's not playing a lot for us just now, but is a talented, talented player. He might have, you know, a better fit somewhere else. Good value in him at the moment. You know, I think that's what you need to... It's about making, trying to make the smart moves at the right time, not just hoping that a player comes good and if he doesn't run down his contract, because that's what we've done for a long time. Yeah. So, no, I'd... I'd Six minimum, but I think there's room for the, the the kind of overall aggregate of the quality in there to improve. Do you think bringing in this young, bright, dynamic prospect, kind of, if let's say it did happen, do you think that would be Curtis or Turnbull? I don't know. I, I, I don't know because I, I haven't seen the player. But I think David Turnbull's a player that will be wondering where the game time comes. We don't play with a natural number ten, which I think appears to be his position. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think players are always considering a position. They think about it more than we do, I'm sure. So I would imagine he would be 
concerned that the kind of the limited game time he's had this season, I'd, I'd no doubt will alarm him. And you know, it's, I don't think it's a. I think we like the idea that somebody knocks in the manager's door. I think that happens a lot less. It used to happen on um, football. Was it football world or something? It was a management game, and the player would literally knock on the door, and I would be like, "Holy shit!" And I'd have to speak to him face to face, like a man. I, th- I think it's a. Uh, it is a. It's an idea. I don't think it happens in reality. I think now, especially, but I think you know, you'd definitely be thinking about it. You'd be speaking to your advisors, your family. I mean, you're not playing, when, especially when you're as good as a player as he is. Yeah. I think the fact we don't play with a natural number 10 doesn't help him. But injuries have probably been the bigger issue. But um, David Turnbull re- legitimately could have been like a really huge part of the Celtic team. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate maybe that the dynamic of how the Celtic team plays, it just, he just doesn't fit into it. Yeah, we don't, we don't play with an out-and-out 10. And, you know, He's a very talented player. Oh, absolutely. I think... He's he'd maybe not naturally suited, you know. We talk about that first six months under Andrew and him and Rogic kept the show on the road, and I still can't get my head around it. Like genuinely, how that they both managed it because you could not find two players less suited to playing as you know, kind of number eights than the nose to. Um, on on the player we're kind of we're potentially looking at. I know it's another link, but a South Korean. I, I speak to my mate the other day. He's, he's over from Singapore, lives and works over there, and then um, he was obviously. I like to get his perspective on it as well. And he was just kind of saying, bringing us out the following that comes with a South Korean player oh, yeah, yeah. is intense because it's, it's a very different market from Japan. It's entirely different in the way that they follow players that go abroad. Obviously, there's slightly less that have kind of made it in Europe, maybe a little bit further behind. Um, so I think the following that would come with that would just be... And Celtic don't miss a trick when it comes to things like that. So I don't, um, I don't doubt that it would be one that the commercial team would um, certainly be happy to get their hands on. I had a friend living in um, Korea when Key was there. He was teaching English, and he said it was insane. Yeah, pictures of Key Sung Young and Celtic strips everywhere. And now it obviously changed when he went to. Was it Swansea he went to? Yes. Swansea, I think it was at Sunderland as well. So that, about. I, I, Newcastle would play. He went on one at Newcastle, um, oh. and I'm sh- I'm sure those, you know billboards changed to whatever ship mm-hmm. but for that time the focus really was on Celtic for what 18 months and it's it is I mean big money to be made I, I don't know why and it's a very long time ago now you're talking what 20 20 years ago but the 2002 World Cup and I just remember every time South Korea attacked the noise in the stadium was like it's like Celtic had scored you know the equivalent it was just incredible and I think they do have a they are fanatical about the football and um, so yeah, I think it would be good, and I always like it. I mentioned my mate; he always does the same thing when he's into a, a sports shop over there. Obviously, with Celtic signing a number of Japanese players, it's, it's had a kind of impact generally in the region. Yeah, yeah. And you see maybe a, some more Celtic tops now. Whereas when Gerard was at Rangers, there was quite a lot of Rangers stuff because Gerard's huge, um, and he's still always going to the shop. He'd take the Rangers one, put it right to the back, <laughs> put it behind ten, twelve tops. And I mean, he's he's, he's thirty three years old. He's the same age as me. Still does it every time. A quick diversion about when I worked on JGB Sports. Um, I worked on JGB Sports. I, I really can't imagine you working on JGB Sports, mate. Why? I don't want to say. <laughs> I just can't imagine you working on that. Absolute asshole. He's just giving me a look, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that has made me wince. My first job was in JD Sports. It's very similar. Rivals. It's like the Sharks and Jets. Yeah, right. Absolutely. That's exactly um, what I worked in JGB Sports. I lasted four months. Oof, that. Well done, mate. Um, I did three shifts. So you and, beat me. But it was like, okay, Chris, uh, 
second day on the job. Um, this is your section. Uh, and it was the football strips. And I, I was like, oh my God, I'm a, hello. Very proud. Um, just like basically, if anyone comes in, this is your section. Hoover the wee bit and all that. Make sure nothing gets knocked. Um, if anyone comes in, ask for them help when they come into your section. Like kind of zonal marking. So, uh, yep. ah, that deserved better. Come on. Sorry, I'm just imagining you standing in there. And I don't know why. I imagine you're dressed up and you've got like vans or DC shoes on, baggy jeans and that. You just, I, just, I, I don't know, mate. Uh, you weren't allowed to wear jeans, Alan. It was oh, black trousers. Of course. Um, Classy. It was actually... Um, I digress. I'll f- quickly finish this story. If there's a picture, I think we'd, I think the listeners would like to see it. Um, so, basically, second day, it was like, okay, so this is the section, and uh, make sure you know you bring it. And there was this lassie who I quite liked. And I started talking to her, and she was in the other section, and I turned round, and she went, here, look at that. And I turned round, and there was an entire section of football ships missing. Ah, that's, and, um, that's a, that's a shame. Take it down well. Take it down well. Um, oh well. There you go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Celtic have been linked with, um, obviously, uh, Chu um, has been linked, had a fantastic World Cup. He's been linked throughout the summer. You know, there, there's nothing new. Um, 2.2 2. 2 million quid is apparently the, the kind of clause or the, the money we need to pay for him. Teams have dropped out in regards to interest. Dortmund were interested in Ferenc Faros. Apparently they both dropped out. Rennes and Fenerbahce. But to counter that, we have been linked and apparently we've made a bid of 1.8 million for a Samsung Blue Wing striker Oh Hyun Kyu. Um, he's quoted it again as saying that he's into it and he wants to go to Celtic. Um, he's into it. He's into it. Um, this leads to kind of double-fold question. We got the derby coming up, and we're going to we're going to start covering the derby in a couple of minutes. But Georgia Shakamakis is a player who is our first go-to striker. He's, in fact, he's really only our other striker. Yeah. If, if you don't count Maeda, um, is he going? I would imagine there would be interest, and I think I, I don't get many, I don't get too many things right, but I think I did around mid-November. I did. You did, yeah. I did think that I don't think he's the kind of striker that likes this dynamic of rotation. It, it just strikes me as a player that wants to be the number one striker somewhere. I'm the man, and that's it. And that that's not the case here. Look, without going too far into the debate, Kyogo's form dipped for a period in, in my opinion I know that's not everyone's opinion I think he did I think he was really poor in the Champions League games but in that period Gigi still couldn't ensure that he became the starting striker now that's not on him I think I don't think Andrew's the type to go to someone and say you're my you're my you're my man yeah. when, it, when the going's good you're good but there's no de- denying it, and I agree with it in big games Kyogo gets the nod generally and I don't think that'll be lost in Gigi. His value, his stock is pretty high because he's done really, really well here. Um, is he, and I think cut, he, is to he cutting too much of a frustrated figure at the moment? See, to be honest, I don't think so. I know the Instagram stuff, but people are reading too much. And he's, he just always, seeing like he scores a goal, he just always looks huffy. So I, I, I don't really... It's not scored no way. I left reading body language in the COVID season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about that. He just, he's not... Um, 
I like Gigi, and I mm-hmm. keep yeah, up. I, 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 I would, I would try, and, I'd try and convince him to stay. It's hard, as you said, it's hard to convince a player to sit on the bench. I, I just think it's a, there's a there's a deal to be done. I think we'd be happy for all parties. We can try and reinvest some money, maybe upgrade, and that's not a criticism of him. I just I think if we want to become a you know a proper competitor at Champions League level, we need a better striker. Whether that's better than Kyogo or better than Gigi, you can have your discussion. I think Kyogo's got certainly enough stock in the bank to get another go at the Champions League. But, yeah, but I'd like to see an improvement up there. And the only way you're going to do that is if you move one of them on. I don't think Kyogo's going to go, and I'm glad of that. And I think you could get good money for Gigi relative to what you paid for him. So I, it seems pretty cut and dry to me. I don't think he's cutting a frustrated figure. I do think when players think that they might move on I think when the decision's made it's like anybody else in the workplace once you make that decision you want it to happen so if it does I hope it happens quickly and you know very quickly after a derby I would imagine but there's that's not just down to us unfortunately but I would like to see an improvement in there and the only way it's going to happen is if we move one of them on This young man um, Oh Hyun Q um, again young yeah. The words that are being described around him is dynamic, more in a, akin to a Kyogo right. than, a, than, a, than a Gigi is what I'm led to believe. Breakthrough uh, season, I think, this year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, again, that kind of, and again, not, not picking on Gigi because I, I am a fan, um, but it does seem you that... keep ev- saying that. You keep saying that and it makes me, every time you say it, it makes me think you're less of a what fan. I li- what I like about Giacomacchus is he seems like a bit of a wanker <laughs> in that like he seems like really selfish and really yeah. a goal getter and like he seems like a throwback and I'm I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm a big fan of Scott McDonald, yeah. my friend. Okay. So, you know, that says that Gigi Gigi Marcus, Jack and Marcus is right up my street. Yeah, there's I, I know what you mean. Aye. He's he's only happy when he scored really. Yeah, yeah. He exactly. likes to take me win, but Yeah. It, it's like the I think is there a funny Snapchat or whatever it was from a couple of years ago where Jesus, it's Snapchat. someone they get beat 5-4 and they said scored, scored their four goals <laughs> well, that, <laughs> like, that's that the thing, that a humble brag you know nobody's really happy but I'm it's, slightly it's happier. like Mate Fives Island which I'm sure you'll see in the, in the new year um, maybe busy <laughs> but yeah so I mean it's interesting just the players that we seem to be kind of targeting at least linked with seem to be more Kyogo-esque than Gigi-esque if Gigi does go I think he will we're not going to stay on this for too long but big tick from me he has done a job fantastically well he has probably gets a bit, little, little bit of money yeah be a and huge success story I think it would be a biggest success story buying a striker from a, a European league in many many years like because I've said it I think we talked about it in the agenda we have not had any joy in that Market. I was sitting with a couple of mates the other night and we were listing the strikers we bought pretty much since about 2011 and the cast of characters there it's, is um, not good so even the, GG, good, even the good ones are still kind of like oh, yeah Jesus. so the, if you did make a profit and he's been here for 18 months and been successful in that time, big one, definitely. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Uh, just a kind of update on um, Juranovic. Just a quote from Ange. I can say that I've heard nothing. Speculation is what it is, but I know. But what I know is the club are in a really good space going into January. We've already strengthened, and hopefully we will strengthen even further. I have no doubt by the end of January we'll have a stronger set of players. Um, let's start looking at the derby, right? Um, with everything that's happening around Juranovic, he was obviously on the bench against Hibs. Didn't get minutes the way maybe we thought he would. Would you throw him in? I don't want to jump too far ahead, but... 
after seeing the performance at Maeda and well, Moy as well have put in since the World Cup, I'm, I, I think I might be inclined to because, I mean, that it's a very small sample size and Caravickers as well to an extent. Um, they've looked like they've had a bit of a bounce. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think Maeda certainly doing the heavy lifting there and Moy as well, but I, I wouldn't have any qualms about putting them in. I would play him before I play Tatati at right back. Yeah. As long as he is in the right frame of mind. And I've no reason to doubt that he is, but I think Ange puts a lot of stock into that. I think he definitely thinks about that quite a lot. Could, could we get another two games? Um, Thank you very much. I think he thinks about that a lot. So I, I wouldn't have any issues with that at all. Um, I don't see, you know, he'll be fit, he'll be strong. He had an exceptional World Cup. He's a talented player. Um, it'll be a different challenge for him. We can maybe talk a bit about that if he does play. Yeah. In fact, whoever plays at right back will face something very different from what they have against Rangers previously. So that's something to be aware of. But on JJ, if, if Ange, you know, if Anthony Ralston's not available, or if he just wants to play JJ because he thinks he's a better player, which, which he is. Stay, is there any chance he stays at all? I think there is, but I think it's fairly slim. Um, I think Ange's comments said as well, are probably when he's talking about the position the club's in, I would imagine everybody is of the same opinion. I don't think Ange and the player would have spoken about it to each other directly. But I think... You know they'll be aware of the position. We quite simply, I don't think Celtic would have been out and spent three million plus on a fullback from the MLS yeah. if they thought Joseph Janovic was going to be here until the end of the season. Interesting point. Uh, let's say uh, let's start the Glasgow derby coverage by asking you a question, Alan. Oh, there's my bottle went brilliant. <laughs> just in that very moment, just when you said it, that's Are you nervous. I'm now. I I'm always nervous. Fam- famous shape bag. Yeah, you are. Me, oh, you, aye, 100%. Uh, yeah, but Barry is as well. I am as well. We all fluctuate. See, between now and half 12 on Monday, every emotion I've known to man will be experienced by not just us, but everybody listening. Because Absolutely. that is just the nature of it. The I only know. exception would have been when we, were, when we went to Ibrox in 151. The uh, you know, second you know, time. You know the, you know that the, was so comfortable. Do you know the annoying thing so is? Easy. Um, thank you very much to the staff Thanks at the Admiral are sensational. No, I'm no we're okay. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you, um, staff. The admiral, sensational as always. Um, I was speaking to. We had a family gathering it's yesterday. It's a very nice looking pint, by the way. Ah, it's a terrific Guinness. I'd like you to put that on wax. On what? On wax. It's an expression I heard when I was listening to an American podcast the other day. I regret using it. It sounded much cooler. No, when no, 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 no. Jalen Rose said no, it. No, 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 no. Former basketball player. No, I'll put it on wax. I like yeah, it. It's good. Let's bring that into the um, lexicon. Just something else can say next time. Um, I was talking to my brother-in-law yesterday, Kevin. Uh, you know, uh, cynic himself, um, and his confidence level, his confidence level scared me. Hmm. Um, and every kind of argument he gave about why we should, uh, why I should be confident, why we yep. should, I was like, yep, text the box, text the box, text the box, um, and we can talk about. Do you know what? Let's just get to the question. If you could have one thing defined going into this derby, what would it be? Whether whether it be a player playing, whether it be a positional setup, whether it be one thing that you could say this is definitely going to happen on Monday. Is there any one thing that sticks out for you? I'd probably be inclined to put to if I could do one thing now, other than you know, Maida bagging a hat trick. Because let's just keep it. Uh, realistic <laughs> realistic but well I don't know, maybe when I say realistic I mean yeah, yeah. you know hat-tricks it doesn't happen very I often. think putting Hattati in the middle I would like to see um, I think there's numerous reasons for it um, focusing on the positives firstly that his energy dynamism quality 
energy, everything, you know, whatever adjectives you want to use to describe in the middle of the park, I think will be quite important. I think Rangers aren't the most mobile in the middle of the park. No. Um, and I think that if you can win that battle, and I don't mean guys smashing each other, that's an element of this game that we might get to, but his, his quality on the ball, his ability to get around the pitch, and just his game intelligence, I think I'd be happy with that in there. That obviously leaves one space short, we'll come on to that discussion, but I think that's the positive reason I'd have him in there. I just, he's not played enough at right back to justify um, putting how him in do, that How do you think he against Hibs? I thought he was good. Um, look, he, he had the... The odd moment, the, but he's not Yeah, but look, these games will be tighter. Look, there might be, in a lot of people's opinion, and in my opinion, I think Celtic are a better team than Rangers. Um, hardly an exclusive, <laughs> but I think we are a better team. And I think, but there's more to these games. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. think of some of the way we've started games at Ibrooks over, you know, recent years. Granted, we've recovered well, but, you know, I'd just like to keep the, keep the things you can control, you know, to, and, and ha- I suppose Hatati right back is a question mark. And after two games, St. Johnson wasn't tested defensively at all. He was superb going forward. Yeah. But I would, I would like him in the middle of the park. And it's not because I think he's bad at right back. It's because I think he's exceptional in the middle of the park. And I'd really like him in there. So, yeah, if I could... One thing that I didn't have to spend time thinking over over the weekend, it would be, is Hatati going to play right back? Uh, it's an excellent one um, for and, me. And, and just on that as well, just before you... I would have no issue whatsoever with Janovic starting at Ibrox. None well, whatsoever. For me, if I was, it would be JJ starting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's the best player in his position. Uh, and yeah, I just want the best players in their position. Yeah. I also don't think, I think Juranovic is one of those guys, there are some people who, um, someone compared Giacomacus's body language, and I know we don't want, but it's like, he's Viduka-esque. And it's like, Mark Viduka is the extreme example of someone who physically and mentally chucked it before they yeah. left Celtic, right? I don't think that really happens that often. And I think someone like Juranovic, I think he's a professional. I think he genuinely... No, Juranovic is the type of guy that in, when he retires, he'll be tweeting about Celtic and he'll be talking about Celtic. Like, he's a guy who I think genuinely loves the club. You can imagine Barry getting quite annoyed at this now because he doesn't like it when players leave and then try and milk it later in their career, a la... Well, Petrov's the one that he always has a go at, isn't it? I don't want to put words in his mouth, but... You know, me he likes him, but... Me and Barry uh, are very, very un- unanimous and united on that front. Um, there are plenty of players... A funny, and he's a there's, funny one speci- there's one specific one I'm not going to name who it really frustrates me why, about why how... Why would you not name him? It's Simon Donnelly. All oh, right, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> you would fold under, quickly under questioning. <laughs> I, I don't like how Simon Donnelly left Celtic and I don't like how Simon Donnelly now talks about Celtic. Doesn't matter. Anyway, there are certain players, yeah, that get go for the green green pound, if you will. Um, I don't think that works. I think there's another expression that we use. I think that that people chase the the pound, but it's not it's not a green pound. It's not for me. Fair enough. Let's move on. I don't, I, I I don't like think this the, is rock. I don't think the green pound works. Okay, that's uh, fine. Like that's it. fine. Um, anyway, I yes. think I think Juranovic. I would do a professional job. I think he would be focused on the game at hand, and I think he's the best player in his position. So if I could have one, like one fixed thing for the derby, it would be that Juranovic plays. And and I think as well, just he's he's an exceptional football player, and you genuinely, I I, I don't think he's been at his best this year for us. I, it, 
it hasn't escaped me how important the World Cup I think was for and see with obviously you know Scotland weren't there I don't think you know Republic Ireland weren't there so the World Cup kind of just came round the corner for us yeah. as in we weren't preparing for it really when it came round I think obviously it was in Qatar as well there was this this is a World Cup certainly that was like no other but for these guys it was you know for, for Janovic that's probably the pinnacle of his career um now, he's 27 never knew, as well, so he they might never, not get another one. They never necessarily knew they were going to get that far, but I think he would have designed the World Cup for quite some time. And, yeah, I think it's fairly reasonable to kind of give that allowance to him, you know, Maeda, Carter Vickers um, and Aaron Moy. So I wouldn't have any issue. My only hope would be that, you know, this time just a wee bit more switched on in the early parts of the game, JJ, you know. If, you are, if it is a pattern shot, then, you know... That's the only Switch kind of on. big mistake he's really made. I know, it's good because you can always hold that against players like that. It's always, I like it. It's yeah. like having leverage in someone. Aye. Oh, also, we won the game, so... Aye, aye, nevertheless. Aye, nevertheless. Um, great stuff. Um, if you have any sort of defined things that you'd like focused, let us know. Uh, tweet us at 90 Minutes Cynic. Um, we're also on Instagram. We're Instagramming quite a bit, so check us again at 90 Minutes Cynic on Instagram. Um, the Derby itself... TikTok? No TikTok, no. We don't do TikTok. Oh, I'm, I'm 40. Come on. I can't do TikTok. I said to my niece yesterday, she's uh, 14. I went, how's the old, uh, how's the TikTok going? And she looked at me like I was the biggest dickhead in the world. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pint, mate. Sorry. Fucking Sorry. Jesus. Um, so the Glasgow Derby. Do you have any Derby rituals? This is a Sermani take me to my paradise bit. I've a stole, few but... in the morning, but uh, it's not a pleasant experience. I really don't enjoy them on the Adabi. The best thing, the night games are great because obviously we can go to the pub, and but also they're horrendous. Like that Wednesday night game in February last year. I mean, it was, was both incredible. the best, both the best experience at, at Celtic the Park, end of it, <laughs> but also the worst, as in just the whole day. I think I was working during the day, and I was quite pleased that I was. I finished maybe about three or four, but just the whole day was just brutal. Like, yeah. Sitting about waiting, you know, just that pacing, that nervous energy. Um, it feels like so, a whole day from when I, you get up to the twelve o'clock kickoff. Though. Yeah, it feels like a whole day, and you're just antsy. You know, you're short with people. It's just, it's not, it's not a nice feeling. Um, so no, I, I don't have any specific rituals. Usually, don't feel great and can't eat anything. Um, and I just try and while away the time. To be honest, try and distract myself, take the dog a walk or something. But even then, I don't like getting out and about because. Especially this one, it's at Ibrox. It's a bit different. When it's at Celtic Park, it feels like that's your day. So yeah, it's yeah. all the good guys out. Yeah. Whereas Monday is in the entire opposite. So, you know, lie low and then just wait lie for low half low. 12. And then uh, half 12 comes Brave and it's just like, I don't know, I never fucking get it. Half 12 comes on, yeah. It's like you think, oh, good, kick off. And then it's just like you feel horrible. It's the same principle as when you feel nervous and then Celtic score and you feel more sick. And it's like, how the fuck does that work? Aye. Aye. Um, quickly. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be great. What was your first time experience? As in going? Going. Uh, <laughs> what a great question. Uh, we went to Ibrooks in 1999 and I think we get beat 4 nothing. Oh, that was the last game before O'Neill came in? Oh. Ninety uh, nine, I think it was ninety nine. Aye, was it Amaruso scored from quite quite a, quite a long way out? Yeah, I, I don't. I, maybe I've got a year wrong, but my first um, my first derby 
was at Ibrox. I, I remember away. that game because oh, sorry, just, just they to... were about 3-0 up within about... Oh, I remember, I because there was a big debate at half-time whether we should stay or go, and we stayed, and I don't know why, but then you don't want the ignominy of walking out. Um, so I, my, my first home... <laughs> this, is, this is going for bad to us. I think my first uh, home derby actually was, I tell a lie, the first actual Celtic Rangers game I went to was at Celtic Park, and it was the Rangers won 3 nothing in the league. And I fell down, I think I've told this story before, I fell down the stairs on the way out the game as well from the Jockstein stand. Fuck. Uh, I was awful, mate. Um, uh, and then I get, we were stuck in a flat in Belgrove, Monkle's flat, because the Rangers fans were riding at the Loudoun Tavern. So we were stuck in Monkle's flat for two, three hours. I think get walked up. It was horrendous. It wasn't great, mate. Um, I was really shaped being a Celtic fan before me we get I'm getting a bit worried. I feel like because I'm just getting me. nervous, aye. Uh, you know my memory's not the best, but I, um, obviously when Mark Neal changed, uh, that, three that was nil, incredible. That, that 3-0 game is uh, me and my sister were there, and um, it was legitimately the worst atmosphere I've ever been at. Yeah, it was, it was horrendous. and I think it's why... I think like, Celtic fans of like that kind of late 80s, early 90s birth generation will never, ever, ever not take joy in Neil McCann being miserable as sin. <laughs> so I've never watched so many Dundee games in my life just hoping to get <laughs> just beat. Just, I, I just despise him, hate every fibre he's being. So. But then it was plain sailing pretty much from when Neil came in onwards. You know, we had some great memories. Um, but my dad had a season ticket and he had a plus one, so me and my brother kind of split it. My brother uh, went to some games, I went to some games, but you know what it's like? There's like a certain age when you can go to a derby. I think that's different now. Because I think kids, you see a lot more kids now at yeah, that's, the derbies, whereas... That's very, very true. I remember when I was nine, ten, my dad, well, and I, you're too young, you're too young. Um, probably he might have wanted to go for a pint and maybe, you know, me standing there eating packets of crisps wouldn't be ideal for him. Whereas, you know, my brother's a wee bit older. It was just different. You know, even now, like, my granny will still say, are you going to that game and... You know, Saturday, whatever, and I go, yeah, and she'll go, God, just be careful. You know, yeah. it's it's a different... Gen- going to the games in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, I think, was, was a wee bit different, I think. So maybe that's why it took so long. I was 14 for my first derby, and I know for a fact that my sister had got tickets for me for other games that my dad was just like, mum and yeah. dad were just like, no, not yet. Not D- yet. Very different environment, I think, at that time. I, I, I think it was... Aye. Um... Positive, positive, 6-2 game, amazing. 6-2 game, my, um, my, my Actually, okay, do you know what, Incredible. quickly, just before we get to the kind of nitty-gritty of the actual thingy, um, this I was going to do this with you and Kieran. Um, Rangers won Celtic 5 at Ibrox from 2017 under your man, Rogers. Uh, can you name the team? Pretty disappointing if I don't win this quiz. 4-2-3-1. Okay. Uh, 2017, Gordon. Yes. Gordon Lustig. Yes. Boyata. Yes. Svetchenko. Saminovic. Yes. Uh, Tierney. Yes. Brown McGregor. Yes, yes. Brown McGregor. One of these play. There's a player who's oh, obviously. Don't, don't give me a clue. Don't give me a clue. Oh, you're doing very uh, well. Brown McGregor and Armstrong. Correct. Excellent work. Roberts, Forrest, and. Roberts, correct. Forrest, not correct. Robert Sinclair. Correct. And who was it from? And the Belly. Griffiths. Griffiths. Fuck. Uh, that's the sort of stuff we want, though. That's what was up with Musa? What happened there? Uh, Musa was not even on the bench. Oh, I think oh, well, that's, that's, that's as good as I'll ever get in a quiz. Uh, the it, substitutes were Biton, Gamboa, Rogic, De Vries, Sviachenko, Forrest, and Kowasi. 
Um, that was a fucking incredible I day, think, man. Is that the game that Kuasi comes on literally in like the last three, four minutes? Yeah. Aye. I was uh, like to be a Kuasi. You know that. You know that way you have those memories of watching football with like your dad. Right? I know you've got a really good relationship with dad watching football. I remember sitting watching that with my dad in our uh, Energy Square and just like him toasting me and saying, "Always remember this." Yeah, and it was just a really nice moment, and um, and I always have, and I always I, will. I think there's certain derby games, and it'll be different. There'll be, a, I do quite like the idea that there's a new generation that have experienced that game, the three nothing game back in February. That'll be some, you know, somebody's first derby game. That they do imprint themselves in your mind's eye. The six two game, I'll never ever forget. Ever. Um, I remember it was a glorious day. I even feel like, and I've got a terrible, terrible memory, as people will probably know. But so much I remember about that game. The goals, the celebrations, even pre-game. I remember the newspaper headlines that morning. Absolutely. Um, it was very special. The, you know, that was my first ever season ticket. And yeah, it was tough under uh, it was tough under Barnes, but then it was worth every penny when O'Neill came in because it was like changed. Overnight. Um, there is a fantastic Senate Chronicles dropping uh, tomorrow with Alan and Barry. Um, I really enjoyed producing it. It's really, really good, and it covers the 2-0 game uh, in 1998 with uh, Paul Lambert's Thunder Bastards mm -hmm. and Craig Burley's uh, great finish as well. Um, but I was thinking for maybe the next time we do the 6-2 game. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's Never ever pass up a chance to talk about the 6-2 game. Let's do that. Let's put that, me, you and Barry, let's put that in the uh, in the diary. Right, okay. Tomorrow, uh, sorry, Monday, the game itself. Oh, goodness. How are you feeling? Uh, look, I think you mentioned your, your brother-in-law. You know, there's loads of rational reasons we're better. I, I don't buy into the pressure's not on us, because it is, I think. It's always pressure. And I don't mean that as in being, you know, I'm not talking to the press. It's not fucking Ange Postecoglou, <laughs> try to be. Like, I genuinely think, though, you you lose that game, there is pressure on you. Six points is very, very different. So, no, I think there is pressure, and I think there's pressure to actually go and win the game. We won't try and draw, we won't be cavalier, but we'll go and play a game, and our game is naturally attacking. So, I'm optimistic, but I'm optimistic if I win. I, I'm not, I don't really think I buy into the, the don't lose thing. If that happens, that's fine. But you don't think about that, you don't, you don't think that going into a game. You go and you think, you know what, we'll go into the house and we'll take three points off them that stadium will be fuming and you'll put pressure on that manager within the first month and being in a job that's what you think that's what's you know that's what's at stake here i'm sure there's some sort of wrestling analogy for winning it all you know in front of everybody there and then you win that game on monday the league is done like now we we might end up being on a pod next week you know the weekly and i might sit and be a bit more well actually there's still yeah. games and you know it's no one until it's one you win that game monday you absolutely would Lose have one. to blow it. Yeah. So, um, I think it's huge, and I think the pressure's there. But the last two performances, I think, have really lifted everybody. The levels, and I think the manager is at pains to point it out. This team has got levels to go up, and that is exciting. And I think, I think fans in the heart of hearts can see that. We're having discussions about different players, um, and I know there's different schools of thought. Um, and I know Christian's been looking at it, and we talked about it in the weekend update. I disagree fundamentally in a lot of ways and I think there's players that are playing within themselves um, and I think that's fine because other guys are lifting levels and it's about the average performance of the team. It's not about, this team more than ever is not about one player but you want to drive every single player's level up and I think there's players in that team you would be wanting more out of. It's not, they're not playing badly 
but they've got so many more levels yeah. to go up, and that's exciting. Like, I don't see that as a negative. I don't see it as a negative, but I see it as mm, yeah. But he can do more, and I think the manager will be thinking that as well. And I think he's made that kind of point where he's, he's some of his team choices over the last couple of games as well. Um, we're in the pub. We're having a few drinks. It's Christmas time. We're about to play the derby. I'm going to be really frank here. Um, I've been disappointed with Celtic this season. Um, now that's not to say that I don't think Celtic have played well mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's hard to kind of, I was talking to Claire about it yesterday, we, we were drunkenly talking about Celtic and I was I was trying to articulate it and I just couldn't and maybe I won't be able to articulate it now right but Celtic have been great this season mm-hmm. Celtic have um, you know we're not going to go over old ground regarding the Champions League and all that but we didn't embarrass ourselves in the Champions League we at times played good football, but you know maybe a step too far at that point. Domestically, we have performed well. We've only dropped what a minuscule amount of points, yeah. um, one defeat. Um, like all the boxes are ticked, and I know when Christian goes through his stats and stuff, and he can argue all that stuff, and, and I get that, and that's fine. But see, from a purely Chris Gallagher watching Celtic, I've been a little bit more disappointed than I have joyful. There's been plenty of ups. There's been plenty of big performances. There's been plenty of highs. But, you know, and this is just me. And yeah. I know this is really That's maybe thing, ha- yeah. harsh. But um, I've been a little bit disappointed. And I, I kind of look at something like Roger's second season. Roger's second season, we won a treble. Mm-hmm. You Pretty much, fundamentally, we improved in the Champions League and all that as well. Mm-hmm. But it was still kind of disappointing. And and yeah. the, and and the point the point I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is Celtic can still be good and you can still be disappointed because you don't think they're hitting the heights you want them to. I, yeah, I think there is that. I, I don't think though you can divorce the the Europe element from it because I think the Europe element colours that a lot. Ah yeah yeah. There is a historic principle of if you're out of Europe before Christmas, it's a failure. And it is. But I don't think that's you know that's that's the case. You can talk about the specifics of it, but generally, if you're not in Europe past Christmas, it's a failure. You then put that hand in hand with being nine points clear against what should be a competitive Rangers team. This isn't you no know, the greatest respect to what Brendan Rodgers did in 2016. And as you said, I am a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, a stan, whatever that means. I. It's from the um, M song. Oh, very good. Stan. One of the albums that I did own. Um, <laughs> is um, it, you know? I think you then pair that with what is domestic dominance. This isn't a Rangers team like 2016 as in first team in the league. It's a Rangers team that have been round the block. I mean, I'm not going to give them any due and I don't expect a listener to. You know, but, you know, they like to they like to tell everybody how good they were in Europe last year, how, how, how much they achieved, yet, you know... The nine points adrift in January now. Not so only halfway through the season. <laughs> ah, fucking Barry sent me that the other morning at <laughs> ten past nine, and I thought honestly I had a headache trying to work it out. But so I think, I think it is difficult because I think what it is is it's I think the the, the chasm between domestic dominance and European success is something that we want to bridge, but we're not doing that yet. And we're actually we're, we might well be as far. No, but but not as far from it as we've ever been because we are actually we didn't make the Champions League this year. But it's very very difficult to bridge that. So I think if I'm trying to understand your point of view, it would be if you're including Europe and you're looking at Europe domestically. I mean, it's some some of the performances are disappointing. Yeah. But I think teams are 
I think one of the interesting things is, and you know I don't like um, interviews with managers and coaches, but the one thing you're hearing a lot now from coaches and managers post-match against Celtic is that this team are so difficult to play against. As in, it's it's exhausting, it's both tiring, it's mentally challenging. This is something that they don't face. This isn't a brute force team that, you know, just barrage the goal. It's a team that makes players think and make them move, and that's very difficult. And I think when you hear managers talk about that so consistently, so often, I think their instinct is to then say, well, we'll just sit in and try and make the pitch smaller. Is that Jim Jim doing that more often? And is that why make, make, I mean, make, make it a 30 yard game? Because if you try and play it over the full surface of the, the park, you will get taken apart and it will be, it will then colour your next game. Whereas you go, you know, you might get lucky, you might certainly might have an off day, like, you know, the St. Mirren game, which is maybe being a bit too simplistic. But I think teams are thinking the value of us going toe to toe here could really really impact our season whereas if we make it tight try and keep it narrow maybe have a goal last 20 I think it's as blatant as I've ever seen that and you know 20 odd years of having a season tickets the way teams do play is just entirely protective but it's not just at Celtic Park it's away as well so I think that is it and I think that's something that I've noticed recently yeah, yeah. managers Good are point. they're both very complimentary about Celtic but they're also saying look there's too, they're posing too many tactical questions for us so actually we just need to simplify it and sit deep we've seen that before but the extent to which we're seeing it now is it's just crazy and I think it's quite hard so I think that's maybe like to some of those performances and as I said the players yeah I mean playing within themselves a couple what of I always think I mean people think that I'm a curmudgeon because I'm, I'm never going to be happy I'm never going to be happy with Celtic unless Celtic perform 100% over every game yeah do not put a pass out of place. See, my father, my father taught me very quickly, and again, these are expectation levels that are, are beyond, far beyond. See, when Celtic make a bad pass, my dad groans because Celtic have made a bad pass, and that has filtered its way down to me. And I guess it's everyone's got their own expectations. I love this Celtic team. and I think this, I love the Celtic team. I think the Celtic team are great, but... I'm always... I'm fucking... I'm a curmudgeon. Maybe that's what nah, it is. No, I think it is. I think, yeah. Hit the middle head. No, I understand it. Um, we want... We want everything. Aye. Perfection, so, man. Aye. And I think it's okay to strive for that. But perfection for Celtic this... I was about to say this week, but it could be this month. You win that Rangers game. And, uh, yeah, the, I think it starts to open up a little bit. So, that'll be exciting. Um... What's your thoughts on how they're going to play? Have you watched a lot of their games recently? We've got a, a tactical opposition scouting podcast with Christian, mm-hmm. which will be dropping on New Year's Day. Um, we recorded it um, yesterday. It's, it's very good. We, we break down how Rangers are going to play and, and how Celtic can counter that. What about yourself, Al? What's your thoughts on how Rangers are going to play? Have well, you been impressed with them under Beal? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, but then I would say that they could, they could win every game 10-0, and I would say that. I think they are different. Um, they do want to do things differently. There's a lot of the things we've seen under um, under Gerard, but there's differences from what we've seen under Van Bronckhorst, and there's also differences from Gerard. I think. I think the big thing that they're trying to do now is they're trying to free up Ryan Kent. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at things that are different. I mentioned earlier about Juranovic. I was reading something the other day, and it was actually quite critical of. It was very complimentary about Juranovic but it was quite critical of his one-on-one defending, which I just thought was widening a mark. Um, 
and it was you know someone that that, that, that writes quite prominently about Celtic. Um, I was just a bit surprised because his one-on-one defending is genuinely superb. He is. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's one of the best 1v1 defender fullbacks I've seen at Celtic. Um, he's the best 1v1 defender at the club. Um, he, he has flaws. Yeah. He definitely has flaws, Djanovic. Obviously, teams can target him in the air, which has happened before. We've seen that. And, you know, there is sometimes an element of his game when he steps out, but I think that's more the system than him. But, I think less and less this game he's going to face that 1v1. I don't think Ryan Kent's going to hug that line and stand out there and try and take him 1v1. So the challenge for Celtic, I think, will be passing on because Djanovic isn't going to, or whoever, sorry, plays it right back, is not going to follow him all over the park, nor, nor he should. But what you're going to have to do is that communication. So when he goes between Djanovic to O'Reilly and Moy, that communication is spot on so that the optimum time, you catch him, you get him. Because... I don't think they are a particularly creative team um, maybe that's changed I haven't watched enough of them but he is the player they look to that makes things happen obviously they like their midfield runners um, I think they've maybe got a selection headache there what do you make of Tillman? because I, I, I think one on one I think he's quite good I think I think st- st- trying to stay up and not making an easy decision for him without being look I don't famous on a quandary here because <laughs> you, like you know I credit. don't ever give credit and I'm not but I don't want to also talk it down to the extent that I'm just being stupid Yeah, but I think you see some of the goals that he's impacted for Rangers it's all defenders rushing in committing and I think the one thing you know, that I certainly don't like to make predictions ahead of this game because I hate doing it and usually I'm I think not gonna it jinx them. it don't worry, don't worry. but I think one thing our team is quite good at is we don't sell ourselves we don't dive in and hopefully because I think if you do that, then you make the attacker make a decision. If you do something spectacular, okay, but we're not going to give you the easy route. So that's what I'd be looking for there. Um, and I'd say the same with Kent as well. Um, they are very different propositions, but I think that's what you've got to look at. I think they'll pepper the the box with crosses as well. Um, so it's about just then... That's food and drink for or two and a half. So yeah, right? you've just got to make sure that you, you're alive to the space and the man. Um, people think, should you mark a man or should you mark space? Actually, your job is to do both. People are fascinated more with set pieces. Is it man marking? Is it zonal marking? It's 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 both because you go a man, but then if you think you can win that ball, you go and win that ball. Win so ball, yeah. and that's especially for open play crosses. You maybe have your hand on the player, but if that ball comes in and you are favourite to get there, you get there. So yeah, it's about being alive to that. But I don't think um, I don't think they've lifted up any trees on their bill. These games can be game changers though, and they'll be looking at it thinking this is huge. Um, I don't. I don't think Beal needs to win it. And I think he might play coy. I don't think in his head, though, he'll think, I need to go for this hell leather. I think they'll just do what they normally do. I think they'll play the same game. But his job's not on the line yet. If they lose, obviously he'll be under pressure. But it's not, it's must-win for Rangers. And this is quite funny. I think it is must-win for Rangers. But it's not must-win for Beal. And I genuinely think his ego is so... Um, so big... That he will be aware of that, and you'll think, eh, well, you know, we might not win the league this year, but next year. So I think that's what you can be alert to. Um, under under Beal, they've won their their four games in a row. So I back that point up about Rangers need to win it to win to try and challenge us. Yeah. But ultimately, Beal can turn around and say, yeah. I "Didn't beat Rangers, but neither did the last guy." It it won't win the game, of course. of course. And obviously, it'll put them in. You know, they'll have their tails up, but. 
he doesn't need to... If this was Van Bronckhorst, it would be must-win. But for Bale, he'll just do the same thing. So I don't think he'll feel necessarily the same pressure as maybe some of the players or obviously the fans will feel. Um, so that's just a wee kind of wrinkle, if you like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, we're not going to go over too much um, how they're going to line up because, as I say, we, we cover that in the kind of opposition scouting preview. But um, Lundstrom, Jack, uh, Kamara, these cloggers that they have, um, and they really are. And I, I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm not going to turn around. It's not even about. I'm not giving them the credit. I don't think either th- out of the three of them. I think they're very average footballers. I think Lundstrom is. I think he's shit. Right now, he might be effective. But there's a difference between being effective and being a good footballer. Just fucking lay him in here, mate. Like, come on, fuck him. I know. I, know. Um, I, 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 I think. I think that's why I'd like Hitati in there because I think that mobility is good because I think, as you say, they are cloggers and you can try and think, well, let's fight fire with fire. Actually, and I don't know, Marcus would be a good one to, I don't know, maybe a good thing to fight fire with is not fire and it's maybe, I don't know, water, that foam <laughs> stuff. Well, it depends what kind of fire it is, of course. That's very, so, true. That's very um, true. If it's a chip pan, do not put water on it. Agreed. Also, I don't know if anybody has a chip pan these days. Oh, I haven't um, on. Jesus. So... I, I think it's just about playing to your strengths. Now, there is a big discussion in our midfield, but it doesn't change too much for them. What's the, I think discuss- the only what is- thing? Yeah. I think the only thing they might think is if they do need to score a goal, whether they might bring in uh, Officer Duffy, um, Scott Arfield. Officer Duffy? Yeah. yeah. Um, good, the good reference, Alan. That's a you. film reference um, as well. Yeah, I think that might be the only thing. I don't know if they would start them, but if they want a goal, they'll definitely bring him on because obviously... He's, he's a midfield runner he's somebody who can go beyond but you know we'll see what happens um, our midfield three um, you, you said there there's kind of a discussion to be had and I definitely think, I think there definitely is and there's a viable discussion to be had it's not a case of anybody being right or wrong I've seen I mean we're still two days out for the game Celtic Twitter is absolutely eating itself up over my absolutely cannot start or my absolutely should start it's uh, after I do find it bizarre there and is still an, got a good 40 hours to go there's an argument for every one of the the four players to start yeah um, Callum McGregor is signed on to start right yep. so he, that's not even a discussion uh-huh. um, for me personally Hitati and I'm sure it's the same with all all, all of us maybe uh, signed on to start and then we talk. We come to the the O'Reilly factor, um, which is uh, he's like a right wing guy. Sorry, uh, American Fox oh, News goodness. guy. Uh, but we get Matt O'Reilly, and we've got Aaron Moy. Um, Lorenzo famously uses the phrase "play the hot hand," um, and it's about playing the players who are in form. Yeah, I would not say that Matt O'Reilly is off form. In regards to how he performs within a game, what I'd say that I'd say about Matt O'Reilly is that he's not fully playing his natural game in regards to what we saw last season. Um, you've got I mean, good. I just know he's best. Just, I think there's much more to come. I'm yeah, demanding of our talented players, and Matt O'Reilly is an extremely talented player, and he is a player that I think is. I've said it before, I think he's ruthlessly professional. He wants to play at the very top. And if he does that, and he wants to, sorry, if he wants to do that, I think he's gonna to have to he's gonna to have to 
improve um, on his kind of his kind of average performance, if you like. Because um, it's either very, a, very good. Is, he, is, he's, either, he's, is either a nine or a six? Yeah, I, th- I think you want to get to that. I think sometimes <laughs> the the banality of being actually extremely effective, like Cal McGregor, gets lost for many many years sometimes, and actually people take it for granted. If we really can get to that stage, then he'll be the Premier League before he before he knows it. And that's obviously look. Let's not be coy about it. That's where Liverpool wants to be. Um, but he's going to have to improve. I think he's going to have to be better. I think he has to be more ruthless. In his own words, he judges himself on how he scores goals. And he hasn't scored a league goal for us this year, I don't think. No, um, this season. Look, there's more metrics we can look at. I just think when you look at him, you see his ability. You see how subtle he can be. I think he is a player. He's not a... I don't think he's necessarily the type of player that's... He's not a Stan Petrov as and he's a bully. The way he plays the game is subtle. Reverse passes, finding good space, playing the extra pass when some people would actually think shoot. But he's, I think he can do it better, and I think he can do a much better role. But I wouldn't have any, certainly wouldn't have any qualms about him playing on Monday. But the same token, if um, if Ange decided to stick with Aaron Moy, then do you will? I think he'll stick with Moy on Monday. I do. I um. <laughs> you got a beautiful big smile on your face. I know. I know. It's just because I'm trying to work out now in my head how it's because. I, t- I think he likes O'Reilly. O'Reilly doesn't miss a lot of football for Celtic as well, and he's trusted him. He trusted plays him in the six, key, trusted him in the eight. Plays so, him in the key games. Yeah, maybe I'm backtracking. I, I really, I'd just be guessing. I, I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, O'Reilly. We we did the reaction uh, after the St Johnston game, me, you, and Bowdy, mm-hmm. and um, you were you were very complimentary. On yeah, I thought he was good. Thought he was yeah. excellent. And the game against Hibs, I don't think he was terrible. But oh, he's he, he's, I don't think he's been terrible for us this season, to be honest. I don't, I don't no, think he's no, had yeah, a terrible, yeah, no, no. I, I think high I th- expectations for him. High expectations, and again, this come. This is the discussion we always have about being a Celtic, and specifically a Celtic midfielder. Yeah, there is something about playing in midfield for Celtic that maybe the un, maybe the expectations are unfair, um, but they are extremely high, and because Callum McGregor and Hatati play consistently high consistently um, yeah. that when you maybe have a game where you're not a nine it, it, it's kind of more visible yeah I think so I think because he's occupying a position where we have high standards and as you say but also there is competition now look if Aaron Moy had shown nothing in the World Cup and actually had come back and had shown nothing since the World Cup you probably wouldn't even bother but he has shown Danny something. Murphy loves him so he, he, he has <laughs> he has shown I mean they have an affinity um, clearly sorry Crystal how um, dare you how dare you I know, don't worry I'll be in that communities I'll, I'll be in raging. that affinity soon mate don't worry um, I think I think with Moy to maybe shift it to him the, the argument for him coming in I think he's an interesting one because when Celtic play great it's the you know everybody on Twitter with the pipe and slippers part of um, if Celtic don't play well though I reckon Adam Moyes the first guy will get it the next. Absolutely, 100%. Because yeah. I think that... He's too slow. The he calmness yeah. that he plays the game with can be seen as a positive when you're winning. But when you're not, you then look and think, actually, we need more energy. We need more dynamism. We need someone that can be a bit more, you know, effective. So I think he's going to be the one that he is the, the poster boy when we win comfortably because it's like, oh, he barely had to run. But when we don't, I think he's going to be, yeah, he barely ran. And I think that's the slight thing. If it's any kind of, not consolation, but I genuinely don't think Angel 
I think Andrew look at it and think, well, whoever I play, you know, the next game, the other guy might get the big game. I genuinely don't think, I don't think you'll see it as a, this isn't a case of, you play Rangers four times a year, minimum, and I think Angelo looks at it and thinks, well, if he doesn't play this one, he might play the next one. I don't think, we think about it a lot because we build it up and we, I think you'll think, you know, it's no issue. You know, same with the wingers. If, you know, Maeda's in great form, if he decides, nah, maybe this isn't a game for him, I don't think he would have any issue at all. I don't think it's a case of, I don't think there's ever been a manager that's less fussed about, as you say, you know, going to Lorenzo's phrase about playing the hot hand. I think Ange just thinks, you know, I'll bring guys in, I'll bring them out, who's training well. I don't think he thinks too much about, you know, the last performance. And he has said that about, it's not about one game, it's about the team. It's about the aggregate of it's the about, team yes. as opposed to the individual. Um, some quotes from Ange um, regarding the game. Uh, we have to be ready. We're ready for every game. No game takes on more importance for us than the last. Um, we know it's a significant game for our supporters and to showcase what our league is all about and they're second and we're first. There, there's all those elements, but I can assure you we'll put in as much preparation against them as well against any other team. I think they've changed their shape a bit. There's definitely some more resilience with them in terms of belief. Um, he's done awfully well with four victories and four. You can't argue with that. Ibrox is always challenging and difficult, but these are games you want to be involved in. Um, we have to be fair. It, it, you know, he, he, he was asked a question about the points. Um, whether you're nine points ahead or oh, nine he, points he hates, behind. He hates questions about points, doesn't he? What does it matter? The next game is massive. It's a showcase game. So who cares what the points tally is? Would you be saying that if you were nine points behind? <laughs> I know. I know. Yes. But then, consistency, I'll, I'll give him that because oh, he said right, the same definitely. last year. Um, he did admit at the end of last year, though, that that was because we were miles away and he thought, I better not focus on it. So... Yeah, maybe it's the same this year. Doesn't want the the kind of the opposite effect. Um, I mentioned the um, we mentioned the midfield. Uh, the centre halves absolutely take care of themselves. The goalkeeper takes care of itself. Greg Taylor uh, on, at left back. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Obviously I mean, not. from from what we're led to believe, he should be fit. But you know, I would, I would also put Ralston into that boat as well as in another player that I would think should be okay. Yeah, you know, given what we heard about it. But obviously, he'll play he'll play it quiet. But Taylor would be be very important to have him in there um, I mean that I know he's talked about it in the reaction which was excellent I really enjoyed it but that reverse pass was just superb that, boy, that boy's reaching ability that I genuinely never thought he would get to That's fucking superb um, you know we've got the JJ availability slash Ralston coming back we can touch on that a little bit more in a moment mm. but the other position I think would be, I think Hugo starts, I think Jota starts. Oh, Jota? He's not started the last, last two. I think he does. Maeda out. I think Jota starts, I think Hugo starts, and then I think you've got that question of who plays another. Ha- on the, is it Abada? Is it, you know, um, Haksabanovic probably won't start because of the injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it might not even be in the squad, but yeah. you look at that right-hand side, do you play Jot on the right-hand side and you play Maida on the left? We've seen that happen in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't see James Forrest starting, James Forrest coming yeah. on, fair enough, but is a bad kind of... I mean, his record against Rangers is great. Granted, it's Celtic Park has been the, the hunting ground hunting for ground, him, yeah. but... I, I, I'm always tempted in these games because I, I think I'm quite um, quite defensive-minded, as in I think more about protecting than attacking, and I think Maeda offers so much. I, I would be tempted the first hour of this game to see him. 
the way the game pans out is very important. He would be a great option. If you see if you scored early and you thought, mm, you know, we'll, we'll go and play a game, but we'll keep a wee eye, might have a great guy to bring on. So he will play a minimum half an hour. It's just whether he gets the 60 or he gets the 30. He's, what do you, th- you, you think? I think you'll start him. I think you'll start him and I think you'll start a bad on the other side. You think Jota doesn't start? No, he's not, not played in the last two. Um, I don't think it's any particular... I think there is a wee point that has been made. I think he was quite annoyed with him after the um, Livingston game um, because he, he wasn't doing the right things. He wasn't doing the things that I think Andrew expects a winger to do. And that's not uh, It's not about, you know, flicks and tricks. Genuinely, it's not about... It's about actually doing the, the, the hard yards to get into spaces. And I don't think he was doing that. And it just wasn't particularly good. Um, so I think he'll go... I think it'll be Maeda and Abada. Um, but you've got options off the bench as well. So it's, you know, I, I'm really coming round to the idea that it's not about the team that starts the game. It's about the team that finishes the game. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that's not natural, certainly. But with the substitutions, now you've got five. Ange does make them early. He wouldn't hesitate. If he sees something he doesn't like, he'll make the change. I'm relatively comfortable because I think they will have a part to play in the game. There's... You could entirely disagree, though, and I probably would go, hmm, aye, maybe. <laughs> He's very hard to read. Like, see all the managers we've had in recent years? Oh, see, trying to read an Ange team, it's... I mean... Makes, Neil, makes people us look even more stupid. Neil Lennon was was the manager who would throw in a curveball for these sort of derbies. But then you could predict the curveball because it would be so wild. And he learned that, Paddy of course... in central mid. He would learn that, of course, from his great uh, predecessor, Gordon Stratton. Course, yeah. Who I know you're a famous fan of. Famous, famously. Um, uh, as as we kind of wrap up, um, I'm nervous. I'm excited. There's all the emotions. You, you've you've made the point about a kind of all of us going through the ringer for this game. Um, how important is it we win it though? Yeah, I, th- I mean, everybody. Everybody in their gran and their dog will say that it's don't lose and they're right and I'll probably say that after as well. Definitely don't lose it. Don't lose it and I think you're in a really, really strong position. But I'm greedy. I'm greedy yeah. at this time of year. Yeah. Whether it be having that extra beer that you probably don't need or whether it be wanting those extra three points that you maybe don't need. That's what I want. And uh, ah, do you know what? I, I, th- I think there is a clarity and approach that is quite good and it's exciting. I don't think I've ever said this before at Derby. I think I'm quite excited to watch the game. We have, we are facing, I mean, that, that Hibs game the other night, I watched it actually, I watched it in here uh, with, with a group of friends and do you know what was great? Um, see, actually watching an open game of football, granted we scored early so you're kind of starting to get comfortable and we won it for nothing. This is a game that we, if it opens up, we, we, could, we could enjoy ourselves, we could play some nice football. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. In five minutes, I might feel entirely different, but <laughs> I think that's good and that's positive. And yeah, yeah. It's very important because if we win this game, then I actually think you really then start thinking about what do we do? Where did the team want to be in six, nine months? I know Ange won't say that, but he will then start thinking about, right, okay. I mean, obviously, we've seen Rocco Vata come on the other night. You, you don't start thinking, right, we'll play these guys at a, a, you know, for league games. But you can start being a bit more flexible in your approach and start thinking, do you know what? I can, I've got the capital now to make those moves. You know, if I want to prove a point, you know, if Celtic want to make those moves in the window, 
move guys on, bring guys in, and really start thinking ahead. You can because 12 points are a big lead. Um, the manager's job is to keep everybody going, but you can do that fine, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I, th- I think you can definitely do that. Eh? Um, I mean, we've got fucking Kobe Ashy's coming in. We've got um, Johnson coming in. Um, we've got now this new um, midfielder, uh, Awata, coming in. Like, the building blocks to change this team are... You know, like, the, the one thing we talked about you know, we are huge Martin O'Neill marks, um, me, you and Barry. And, did you get and a book for Christmas? Sorry? Did you get a book for Christmas? I didn't. I, oh, I can't believe I didn't get it either. I Nobody s- bought me a book. Well, maybe New Year Santa will give you the, I don't know. I'll buy you the book, Alan, it's fine. I'd like um, Thank you. Uh, we'll leave directly for the Celtic shop. <laughs> <laughs> but I, ju- I just mean, like, you know, one of the biggest frustrations we had with, like, O'Neill specifically was that we had these unbelievable players and we never transferred into a new team we never took those yeah. building blocks and kind of built them yeah, into was, a new it team was, it was one team yeah it was one team I mean we'll be on our third next season we'll be on our almost on our third team with this one manager see when you mentioned the three new guys there I just had a really nice mind's eye image of you know obviously it's the tiny wee section we get in the corner now the 782 I think it is this time I'd just love it if the camera pans in at the end of the game and it's the three guys, they've got the Adidas gear on and they're giving it the players, Johnston, Kobayashi and Awata. The three of them just like, what the fuck is going on? No idea. That'd be amazing. Like, um, Alan, this has been outrageously good. Yeah, um, enjoyed that. enjoyed that a lot, mate. Thank you. We have the Cynic Chronicles dropping tomorrow, which is absolutely fantastic. The countdown was hilarious. Uh, Paul, Bowd and Stuart doing a fantastic job. We've got the preview dropping on Sunday. And then we'll be having a live reaction. Myself, you, Chris Romani. Uh, we'll be taking your calls if anyone wants to phone in. But we'll be hopefully toasting... Fantastic victory, Ibrox Allen, and um, looking forward to it. It will be live. An email will go out on Sunday night. The link will be there, and you can just tune in on uh, Monday after the game, and we'll have a great time. Yeah, look forward to it. Hopefully, everybody's in good spirits, and hopefully, we get. Hopefully, we have to cut people off because they're too steaming, <laughs> and we need to move on. So that would be a good Monday. So, no, thanks very much. I've enjoyed it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Lovely stuff uh, from Edgar, from myself, Chris Gallagher. This has been uh, the Late Lunch Club, and uh, we'll speak to you down the road. Some things we at lunch at one o'clock Some things we at lunch at two o'clock And some things we at lunch at seven o'clock The Lunch Club